0: Welcome to Cartridge
1: Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not so classic games of the 8 and 16 bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse for the NES. <laughs>
0: Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse was developed by Konami and published by them in Japan in December of 1989. Mm. It was also published by them in North America in September of 1990. Okay. And then it was released by Palcom. Here it comes. In Europe, of December
1: 1992. Ugh. a full two years later. Man, that sucks. Because yeah, you'd think a higher-profile game franchise m- might be able to push through.
0: Yeah. Now, this game was very different than its Japanese counterpart. Uh, Yeah, yeah. In Japan, this game was known as Akimoju Dorokula Densetsu, or Devil Castle Dracula Legend. Uh And the name is, of course, not the only thing that was different. This game in Japan had an entirely different chip
1: in the cartridge. Yeah, it had the, I don't remember the name, but the sound chip? It was the VRC6 chip. Ooh, yeah, VRC6. And not only,
0: I think it was sound and maybe a little bit of processing power okay but in japan the nes was unrestricted there was no lockout codes Mm -hmm. anyone can make any game they wanted for it and part of that was a lot of companies such as konami created their own custom chips for the system right right and therefore allowing it to do things that it normally wouldn't be able to
1: yeah yeah especially towards the end of the nes you start seeing these pop up you know with weird games where you're like i don't know how they could get this out of the nes and the yeah. truth is they couldn't they mm-hmm. added on
0: no and this chip was programmed by uh Hidenori mezawa and and the reason he wanted this chip designed was because it added two extra pulse wave channels and one saw wave channel okay and those are the the sound effect kind of and the music effects. Yeah, yeah, for the game. And and that's in addition to the system's normal five channels. That so wow, okay. added three. I mean, that's a huge improvement.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And these extra channels were used to blend the music into in the Japanese version have a much more orchestral or string sounding effect for the music. Okay, yeah. In the U.S., the music was pared down because our version had the MMC5 chip. Mm. And that is a common chip used in later games because Nintendo of America forced you to buy the cartridge and the board from them. Right, yeah. And they only had a few select chips that they even allowed to be in the cartridges. Mm. Those draconian rules. Now, in Japan, this game also had a different difficulty setting. Oh, yeah. Well, not difficulty setting, but the game was just differently difficult because, in fact, it was easier. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't have a lot of the restrictions placed on the version we played. For one, uh, Grant, the pirate character, mm-hmm. has an entirely different weapon system. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting one, too, where you get to throw your daggers instead of just stabbing with them.
0: Yes, and you have unlimited free-throwing daggers. Yeah, pretty cool. And then also, throughout the game, all the enemies have different
1: uh, attack stats. So it's not tied to the level you're in. Yeah, uh, or, yeah well, just in the U.S. is where you know the, the amount of damage you take depends on your character and what level you're in so towards the end you're just taking four or five blocks of damage no matter who you are or what it hits you
0: right also of course in the japanese version there were a lot more crosses <laughs> yeah, yeah not
1: just the very beginning
0: and um there was also apparently
1: some light nudity oh yeah i saw some like statues in the background mm-hmm. and, and i guess you know you this is the first time you'll see a quote-unquote topless medusa Mm -hmm. which you know come back again later where it's like you know if we just take some shading off then you can't tell kind of it's Mm -hmm. weird looking
0: and then finally the japanese version had some more complicated backgrounds as well uh if you can believe that there's actually even more (laughs) action happening in some of these backgrounds Mm. now to make up for this the u.s version did add a few things of its own um they added the special name passwords that would give you bonuses or different things to you know or the ability to start with special characters, mm-hmm. and one that I think starts you with extra lives as well, like the help me password.
1: Yeah, what's that give you, seven lives? Maybe more.
0: Now, this game is a prequel to Castlevania 1 and 2. Yeah. Which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. You are a relative of... Uh, an ancestor. Of Simon Belmont. And just as interestingly, this game was featured in an episode of Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, really? Now, I'm not sure if we've discussed Captain N on this podcast yet.
1: I think we've danced around it a little bit like we've we've mentioned it
0: and I feel like that's a whole episode we need to do at some point yeah maybe not Captain N but maybe just video game cartoons sure or Nintendo cartoons yeah yeah as bad as Captain N was I loved it I watched every episode
1: I definitely anything with Nintendo on it at that age I would have just consumed out of duty I guess
0: and as an adult I have been Captain N the Game Master for Halloween (laughs) so I own that awesome N letter jacket But this was episode 91 of Captain N, and it is based on this game, and it's hilariously a tie-in that I don't remember them doing very often with new games that came out.
1: Yeah. I remember there was an episode where they went to Final Fantasy Land, I remember that. Um, is this one, is this, have they been to, I guess... They've been to Castlevania before. Yeah.
0: but this That episode specifically dealt with, uh... Trevor. Trevor. Gotcha. And then finally, this game does mark the first appearance of some character named Alucard... Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he went on to be in some other slightly well-known game.
1: Yeah, some lame old game.
0: Or we should say he is the star of the wildly popular and uh, really, for most people, the main Castlevania yeah. in their history, which would be Symphony of the
1: Night. That's a great one.
0: And it really changed the entire, you know, Metroidvania mm-hmm. uh, system for Every game afterwards, and um, for the Castlevania
1: series as well. Yeah, it's, it's truly where the vania and the Metroidvania comes in, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Castlevania 3 Dracula's Curse? Well, it's a side scrolling action platformer. Um, this is much closer to Castlevania 1 than Castlevania 2, so it's kind of a return to form for the f- series. Yes, but it does take a
0: few things from the Castlevania 2 mindset. Sure. Because this game is uh, not entirely linear.
1: Yeah, you have a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of multiple paths you can explore.
0: But let's get this out of the way. This is a Castlevania game, so you can jump. Mm -hmm. And it is what we call the Castlevania jump. It sure is. It is a very defined and solid jump where when you hit the button, you either go... Up one specific height or over a specific distance in height, and there's no turning back.
1: That's right. You are committed.
0: And then, of course, there is the main weapon of the game, and that is the whip. It carries over from the previous versions. Mm -hmm. And much like them, you start with a tiny rope whip. Yeah. And then through power-ups, it becomes a longer, stronger chain whip.
1: Yes, the best weapon in the game.
0: Indeed. And in those power-ups, the Morningstar power-ups, they just drop from uh, enemies or... Mm -hmm. candles of course once again (laughs) you are destroying all the candles you hate them
1: they must they must be destroyed
0: and those candles do hold you know power-ups for you and what makes this game so different from the previous ones the other characters you can play
1: yeah you have three companion spirits that you can switch between to uh you know between trevor and one of them Mm -hmm. and uh, to uh, use their different powers to explore transylvania
0: now real quick let's get through the rest of the normal items sure and then we'll talk about the characters and things specific to them because there are a lot of things that return from the other games Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and those are of course the main currency of your weapons the hearts
1: that's right the small and large hearts are back They're small ones are worth one big ones are worth five and you use them to power your sub weapons Mm -hmm. just like before yeah
0: uh in addition to the hearts returning meat returns that's right your
1: main way of well, your only way of regaining health outside of the end of a level. Yeah, um, funnily, the manual lists it as Leg of Werewolf. Oh, weird. Yeah, gross.
0: And just like the previous versions, most of this meat is hidden in walls. hmm mm-hmm. Or other secret locations.
1: Wall snacks abound.
0: Now, there is only one size of meat in this game, am I correct? Yeah. It's only the large one, and that gives you eight units of health back.
1: Yes, which is nice.
0: It is very nice. Although hilariously they do stick it in places sometimes that kind of make your life harder.
1: Yeah, yeah, which we'll get to I guess through the <laughs> level by level section.
0: Now uh, also returning is the uh is the rosary or uh, necklace. Yeah,
1: the screen destroyer which will eliminate all foes on screen at
0: once. And again it's just as useless as it was in the previous
1: games. Yeah, it's just sometimes you're like, "Oh, nice, I guess there might be a couple enemies, but I
0: feel like this item it's only in this game because it's in every other game.
1: Yeah, I know, I don't know.
0: <laughs> like it I don't know if it's randomly dropped or if it's a set spot, but I've never been in a spot where I was like, Thank goodness I had that. It yeah, saved my yeah, life.
1: Yeah. Same here.
0: And also returning in the useless category is the invisibility potion. Ooh. Again, these are not very oftenly the, uh they don't show up, but they make you invincible, not just
1: invisible. Yeah, I barely even remember getting this in this game, but I remember getting it in the boat. Uh, yeah, yeah it's just like in, you know, Castlevania 1, you get it at certain times when it's not really that helpful, or you can't really get the most out of it, you know? So, you usually
0: can sneak past one or two enemies.
1: Yes, it's like, you don't ever find one of these before a difficult Medusa head bridge section or anything. No, so, no. You know?
0: And of course, that is it for the items, but there's also the sub-weapons. And those are the, the weapons that, that, in this game, Trevor Belmont, the grandson?
1: Grandfather? Uh, yeah, it's... it I don't know if it's specific. It might say grandfather. I know it takes place 100 years before, so...
0: Of Simon Belmont. So and Trevor can use all of the exact same items that have appeared in the last ones.
1: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. um And those are, of course, the dagger.
0: hmm And the dagger is really the most common of the sub weapons. Yeah. Super fast. Flies straight. and goes across the entire screen. But it's very weak.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's I mean, it's better than nothing, I guess.
0: And it only uses one heart. Mm-hmm. Then you have the axe.
1: Good old axes, battle axe is back. And
0: I think in this game, the battle axe is actually a lot more useful than it has been in the past, won't feel.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, there, are, there seems like there are more enemies coming at you from above. And or... from like an angle. There's yeah. a lot more areas where it's useful, I think.
0: Yeah. And of course, it flies at a arc mm-hmm. when you throw it. And of course, it also uses one
1: heart. One single heart.
0: Then we have the holy water.
1: Uh yes, my personal favorite MVP for me.
0: And it is of course uh, a vial you throw on the ground and turns to fire. So probably
1: like holy water, but more like Greek fire. Yeah, something. Yeah, it it really uh it does a lot of damage. It's strong because it can repeatedly hit and stun lock certain uh, enemies and bosses. Now is this also just one heart? Uh yeah, I think
0: they all are except for the watch, right? Yep. Like you said, uh this one is most useful for you know doing a lot of damage to a slow moving boss or you know, a creature that's gonna move through that flame. Yeah. It doesn't really do too much damage if you just hit it with the vial. Right, right. And then we have my favorite, the cross slash boomerang. Yeah. And really I wanted it to be better than it was in this game.
1: Yeah, I I mean it's it's fine. Um I, I held on to it a lot
0: more than I should have. Let's put it that way.
1: Using the boomerang, even in, you know, the first Castlevania is always a weapon I respect more than I from a distance like I, I never really get or got good with it i suppose
0: mm-hmm. it does take some uh getting used to because you can throw it at any point in your jump yeah just like the the other ones yeah. but with this one it makes a lot more uh sense because it goes across the entire screen and then returns that's right and if you're not in the path of catching it it will just keep going off the screen
1: yeah and there, there's no advantage to catching it so you might as well let it you right know, get that extra killing power
0: and what's interesting about these four weapons is you can kind of upgrade them as well.
1: Well, that's true,
0: yeah, with your double and triple shots. And those f- appear, I think, randomly in candles, but could can also be dropped from enemies if you kill 10 enemies in a row with that
1: weapon. Yeah, which I did not realize while I was playing. I wish I would have known it. I would have really used my special weapons more against enemies, I suppose. I didn't know it as a child, but
0: um, when I did discover that, it became priority number one.
1: Sure, yeah, and there are certain spots where i know like you can find these in a wall Mm -hmm. and um they they are locked to that location like you can always find them you know they're not always random so because i based certain parts of my strategies around getting a you know double shot here or you know etc right
0: and and then we have the final and worst item uh or weapon sub
1: weapon of the game
0: and that is the stopwatch yeah classical stopwatch and every time i got this i cursed myself when you get that accidental grab
1: I mean, it's it's okay. It stops time for, what, three seconds? Sure, and it takes five hearts. Yeah, it's it's not really worth it, man. I wish you got five seconds for five hearts, you know? I yeah. feel like that would be more fair. Also, this doesn't work on bosses. That's right. So that that's awful. Yeah, which really is the best part of it previously, you know?
0: And it does freeze projectiles as well, so that's nice.
1: Yeah, if you're in a tricky jumping area, maybe with some deuces. But...
0: If you jump into that projectile, it still hurts you.
1: Right, right. So, so mm-hmm.
0: again, not the best. No, no, no. But really, what everyone's waiting to hear about is the new characters that have joined the Castlevania roster. Yeah. Because you know, while while Trevor Belmont is new to the series, uh, for all intents and purposes, he acts exactly like Simon Belmont. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, these new characters all are enemies at first. Yeah, pretty much. I well, mean... I'm not I'm Actually, I take that back because um, not the second one. But after you've discovered them in the game, you then get the choice to have them join you mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. And if you have them join you, they're now a permanent member of your team. And by hitting select, you can swap between the two of them. Yeah, it's a pretty and cool. It, it's a very cool effect. And I loved it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And the first one you encounter is a pirate that goes by the name of grant dynasty
1: dynasty love that name it really is like even in the manual you know i always kind of as a child would make jokes about grant dynasty but really thought it was grant like dynasty or something but the way they spell it like with a capital n in there like capital d a Mm -hmm. capital n it really is dynasty he is the nastiest (laughs) i get the nastiest player in the game but he's also grant the awesome because he's probably my favorite of your of your character friends
0: yeah grant is really the mvp of this game because he breaks it he doesn't adhere to any of the normal rules of castlevania yeah now what makes him so great is not his uh attack because it is
1: a tiny dagger it is a a a very short range dagger thrust
0: yes and it's fairly weak yeah um you know like we said the Japanese version was better and in it he threw a dagger which still same weakness but at least you don't have to be right next to the enemy
1: that's true it's it is kind of tricky though you know because I I played through both and was using them but Mm -hmm. you can only have one dagger on the screen at a time so you have to if you miss you're like "Eh."
0: yes but to make up for that Grant Dynasty has the best jump in the history of Castlevania he is like the Michael Jordan of of Transylvania
1: yes you get such a a high high jump and and more range you know farther jump
0: and he breaks the other rule of Castlevania he can turn in his jump
1: or when he falls yes which is I feel finally unchained you know
0: (laughs) yes but when you're playing with him at first it does feel crazily squirrely oh yeah because you're just not used to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. luckily the designers of the game have you know this into account and they've actually added a lot of little areas and secret places that grant can jump to or get around that you normally wouldn't be able to that's right yeah because not only does he have
1: this super jump he has one more amazing power oh yeah and that is spider-man powers yeah he can <laughs> climb on walls and ceilings uh in a really awesome way like it's takes a little getting used to like if you jump straight up onto a ceiling then you know pressing left will take you right sometimes Mm -hmm. you know your your controls invert a little but it's actually pretty good
0: yeah it does take some getting used to when you have to like go around a curve or when you have to go around a corner yeah yeah Uh, there is some little trickiness there but uh it is an amazing power and it really opens up so many parts of this game that uh you know if you're like i don't want to go down this long hallway it loops back over let's jump (laughs) to the ceiling and Skip it.
1: Yeah, you don't have to. And it's, it it just, I'm really surprised that, you know, it's like the best climbing in any NES game. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe they, you know, this could have, he could have had his own game just based on this mobility, you know?
0: And sadly, I don't feel like in any of the games after this, they've ever come back to a character like this. No, I don't think so. Yeah. In other games, you do have other characters. Of course, Alucard, who uses magic and swords. Mm -hmm. You've got characters in uh, the ones for the Game Boy, Game Boy events that are just fully magic based. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have any other climbers or jumpers. It's too bad. It is entirely. Now, he is not just using that little tiny dagger. Right. He does have a set of sub-weapons that he has access to. That's right. And I think we have also forgot to mention that to use your sub-weapon, you just press up and attack.
1: Yeah, it's classic Castlevania controls. And he does have access to the
0: axe and the dagger. Yeah. Um. And that lets him throw a dagger. But it's still... um uses the same cost as trevor belmont
1: yeah yeah he also can use the stopwatch sure so yeah it's there for you if you want it
0: next up we have my favorite as a child yeah and that would be saifa Belnadez. yeah and well in the instruction manual he mm-hmm. is a wizard right right but in the japanese version and in all subsequent writings, they have realized that boys can play with girls. <laughs> it's not going to give them permanent cooties.
1: Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember what the final canon was, whether Saifa was a guy or a girl. So. Uh, I think
0: final canon is Saifa is a woman that is a wizardess. Okay. And she is also an interesting departure from the norm of the series. Yeah, for sure. Her, her jump is a standard Castlevania jump, mm-hmm. but her main attack is a Another short-range attack, it is a staff.
1: Yeah, it's a close kind of staff strike, but it's it's a little distinct. I actually kind of like it in that it it hits slightly above, say, your path of your whip or knife. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of neat that way. I I used her for certain situations. And it's very quick. You can get a lot of rapid hits off
0: in a row. Definitely. But that is not why you play as sipha. Oh, no. It is because of her wizardess powers. She can uh, cast magic instead of using sub-weapons. Yeah, yeah. And where you would normally find, say, an axe or a boomerang, instead a spell book will drop. Yeah. And she has access to three different spell books. Three magic spells. And when you have one of these spell books in, that's the only spell you can
1: use. Yeah, they're pretty much just like a special weapon, you Mm -hmm. know. They also um, use hearts. That's right, but they all only use one, so it's pretty cheap. It is great, which means magic away. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons, you know, I came to enjoy Saifel more recently, playing mm-hmm. through as a kid i was always too i was always too cheap with my hearts so i would you know you save them for the boss always and yeah, that's I think just foolish
0: something we both uh have worked really hard at in our lives it's a big challenge we overcame was to <laughs> use our items in video games less judiciously just go crazy with them they they're, give you the items for a reason yeah they're there. They your magic in role-playing games use your hearts in castlevania games definitely it's there to have fun with yeah, not just for bosses no it's all yours do it use it and this fire spell is the first one you usually get yeah um and it's a really
1: awesome animation she lifts up her cloak and it's like a flamethrower yeah a good burst of flame comes out it, it's pretty it's got a decent little range like as long as your whip I yeah think. i'd say it's about
0: it's about the same as the final whip length
1: yeah 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 but it is super strong. Yeah, and I mean I, sometimes you can get multiple hits with this. Yeah, or if there's multiple enemies in the row it hits all of them, mm-hmm. takes them all out. Yeah, and this uh the fire will appear anytime you would normally see a knife or an axe for okay. Trevor, so they kind of convert over.
0: That's why it's the most common, I would say.
1: Yeah, yeah. Next up is the ice
0: spell, so cool. And in this one uh Sypha gets a set of crystals that come out of her in a circular pattern.
1: Yeah, it gives you, like, a good, like, almost 180-degree spread, like, up. You can get a lot of enemies, mm-hmm. and anyone they hit will be frozen. Yep. Which And they can then destroy them with one smack of your staff. Yes. Which is awesome. Even tough guys, like, axe knights and stuff.
0: One hit. And it's really great for, like, the really annoying throwing people. Yeah, yeah. Or when guys are just constantly hovering on the top of the stairs you're trying to go up. Yes, yes. I mean, I love this one. That's
1: really my my MVP definitely yeah and uh it appears in place of holy water
0: okay now it also has one extra feature Oh, yes, it does. And it's
1: also awesome. hmm And it allows you to freeze any water. Yeah, there there are a couple stages with, like, moving water you're trudging through, and you can just freeze it and walk on top of it. And that water usually is pushing you around, but once it's frozen, no sweat. Yeah, I mean, it, it only stays frozen for a few seconds, but in that time, you know, enemies inside are usually frozen. You can just run past most of them. And it, it makes it so much easier.
0: And it gets rid of those tricky jumps where it's, like, pushing you or pulling you, mm-hmm. and you've got to make it right to the edge definitely yeah so again i loved the spell and then her final spell is the lightning spell another really cool spell
1: yes um shoots out these electrical orbs and they are like heat seeking yeah and there's like three of them they will move out i think they disappear when they hit some enemies Mm -hmm. do they always disappear yes because they will follow you and stay on screen and keep orbiting like Mm -hmm. sometimes you can just blast off three of them and then start running when you know there's going to be an enemy coming up and mm-hmm. they'll already be out there. It's it's really cool.
0: Now, the fact that you can't control it can be a little tricky sometimes. Yeah. But they are usually pretty good about finding the enemies quickly.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty strong against bosses, like yeah, big well, ones. Yeah, it's, I think, the most powerful
0: spell. I would agree. Um, and really, I think this is the one you're supposed to hold on to if you get it, because it's the boss killer.
1: Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: But I just the ice spell is so good for just tearing through levels. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's tough to choose. But that is her three spells. It's the only three you're going to get from her. Yep. And uh, like I said, they all use one heart, but that makes them super awesome
1: and super versatile. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, and Saifa can also get the ubiquitous stopwatch. Oh, and it's even worse when she gets it. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, I got
0: this instead of any of my awesome spells
1: well one thing with sci i had to get used to was you know this habit i had from playing as trevor or even other castlevanias where you you always jump and whip every candle and it falls in front of you and you can see what it is but with sci you don't have that range so so many times when i'd have the lightning or ice spell and i got the watch yeah like because i jumped and got this item on a little oh i just smacked myself i hate it and then we have our
0: final new character and that is the son of dracula Alucard himself. Alucard. Also known as Adrian Tempest. Oh, real Adrian. Aye, I think okay. in the credits of the game. Okay. Actually, I think their names are all slightly different or spelled weird in the credits. Okay, okay. Um, and he is a, a a Dampier. Yeah. A half uh, vampire for those of you that aren't uh, as super nerdy <laughs> and possibly didn't play the vampire role-playing game. Ooh. Um, and, of course, he is here to, I guess challenge his father he's i don't know yeah he here's here's my aldi card story and this is one of my uh favorite things i've ever encountered in my life when uh we were having our son this was before the mainstreamification of nerd culture sure and uh we were looking at baby names in books Mm -hmm. you know because the internet wasn't even as like full of baby names as it was (laughs) now we uh found one you know, we would look at them whenever we went to a bookstore, Myers, etc. Sure, sure. And there was one that had a small section of video game names. And it was just a list of names with no explanation of them at all. And in that book was the name Elucard. Really? And in my mind, I created this scenario that I love where someone saw this book, saw this name, was like, that's a really pretty name. Right. Let's name our son that. <laughs> and then years later, they realized that their son's name is Dracula backwards. Right, right. It's like, huh? Because if you haven't figured it out, yes, Alucard is just a lazy reversal of the name Dracula.
1: That's right. Um, it took me a few when I first, when this game first came out because I didn't even think about it. It's just like, whatever, some weird name. I'll probably never say it out loud. Mm-hmm. But then later it was like, wait a minute.
0: And Alucard is a very different character from the others because he does have a ranged weapon as his main attack.
1: Yeah, his ball of destruction. And it
0: is also interesting because, like Trevor, it has three levels of upgrade. Yeah, you power it up the same way. And when you get the second one, it shoots a ball not just forward, but one upward as well. Mm-hmm. And the third one, downward. So you've got like a two forty-five 45-degree angles and one going straight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's not the strongest, but... Nope. Um, I was actually, going back, I remembered it having an even shorter range than it actually does. It's actually not as bad as I thought, but... It's about half screen. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was even shorter, but it's, it's all right.
0: And then, of course, he jumps the same as uh, Simon, mm-hmm. but his sub-weapon power is entirely different, and it just negates the need to jump at
1: all. Right, right. You can change into a bat.
0: Yes. And when you are in a bat, when you are in a bat, <laughs> and when you are in bat form, you can fly anywhere you want on the screen. Yeah. And it lets you oftentimes get to unaccessible areas that even Grant could not get to. Sure. Or skip entire portions of maps. Usually the
1: most painful portions, too.
0: Yes. And I, as a child, loved playing as Alucard because we'll get to it. I owned this game. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing through it for like the 7th, 8th, 20th time, yeah, yeah, there's parts you hate. And if you're Alucard, you just skip those
1: parts. <laughs> sure, yeah. But this flight is not free no it costs you one heart per second which is kind of costly it can yeah you know but they do throw so many hearts at you in this game that you really get to fly a lot sure he can also use the stopwatch as well yay now when you're (laughs) in bat form you can still get hit right but you don't have any attacks right you have zero attacks
0: so watch out yes play it safe and as he is equal in strength to uh, i think uh trevor and I think we forgot to say that Cypher uh, does take a little more damage, I think.
1: Right. Well, Cypher and Grant, like both, it's like yeah. there's two. Like, Trevor and Alucard take usually one bar less of damage than uh, Grant and Cypher for any given enemy.
0: Correct. And that is it for new characters and their abilities. Uh, but, you know,
1: just like the old games, you have lives. That's right. Um, you don't find lives in the field. It does list one up. I've never found one, but it has them listed as an item in the manual. I guess I was wrong. You do find them. I just never have. I didn't. (laughs) You do get extra lives from points, though. Yeah, I couldn't. I didn't work out how many there were because you have infinite continues, so I never really cared. Yeah. And and in addition to these
0: infinite continues, there is, of course, a password system. Yeah. And it is a very interesting password system
1: because it is graphic-based. Yeah, you have a, what, 4 by 4 grid Mm -hmm. with your four different uh, symbols.
0: Yes, and I love looking at what people what the shorthand you used for those symbols yeah, yeah a lot of people I know had very different ways of, of drawing the the four symbols which are a whip mm-hmm. a heart mm-hmm. the vial of holy water yeah and an axe
1: yeah so you can everyone works out their own little thing so people just use the first letters or I don't know it's kind of fun I would just do a very like
0: crude one line drawing of each yeah yeah same, like, same here the whip was just a line like almost like a D on its side yeah yeah little squiggles Yep. Yep. And once you have your password, it does remember what level you were on and what character you chose or have with you at the time. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Very cool. Well, Nick, this is the third in a series from the wonderful developers, Konami. Oh, yeah. They usually have pretty good manuals. Yes, sir and this time they're introducing three new
1: characters please tell me they did it in style they well they did this is an awesome manual this is one of the best ones i've seen um, it's only 23 pages and mm-hmm. it's black and white but it does have some some interesting artwork in it and that it draws all the items you get you know character artwork okay. of each person which is yeah, okay Um, they, They have a few, they have like four enemies for artwork at the end. They always do a couple enemies randomly. But these in particular I really like because they look, I swear these look like they were made to be on a skateboard. Like there's okay. these, these flat, like the style, like if you ever check it out, it really does. It looks like skateboard, like 80s skateboard art. So it's, it's pretty cool. There's a, and there's one other picture that's just a picture of Dracula denture fangs in a glass of, I guess, Alka-Seltzer or something weird. Yeah. But which really sets the, the, the stage for the pun fest, the horrible cheesy jokes. They are really phalanxing them out. Like there's so many of them in this. It, it was awesome. I, I really recommend checking it out. Well, we know Konami loves their puns. Yeah, well... And uh, sometimes they were getting away
0: from it. I'm glad they really re-embraced them this time.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Like, and story-wise, it basically just tells you that, you know, this is 100 years before Simon, and you're, you're Trevor... And it says that he is the origin of the Belmont warlord chromosomes. Oh wow! I didn't know there was like a <laughs> genetic reason the Belmonts
0: could fight the vampires.
1: Castlevania's midi chlorians, but uh, yeah, and then it, it, you know, it kind of, it tells you that, and then it's just like, well, you got to fight Dracula now. Um, it does weirdly say that you are given your items by the poltergeist king. That's where you get your mystical whip, supposedly. Oh, as well as all these other things. All the I was I don't know who this mysterious king is, but uh, whatever. <laughs> And it weirdly, um, it names a lot of things like your item thing is your Warakia item window, or uh, uh staff is called the Warakia War Club or something, which I believe is like a weird. I believe they're getting at Wallachia, which is a a place in Transylvania where Dracula was from. Okay. But I think that got moved to Japanese and then moved back to English, so it became Warakia.
0: Gotcha. And one thing that I think is interesting about the Castlevania histories is that they do give times. Like they say, this is a hundred years before. Mm-hmm. And then there's a specific
1: date that pops up in Castlevania 1 or 2. You know, there's some weird, like I know there's a pretty, they hammered it all out at some point.
0: Well, know? yeah, because of that, you can go through and it is a specific timeline for every single game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really, it's pretty neat, actually. Yeah, loaded with cheesy puns joke. They make like a, there's a, there's an of mice and men joke in there where it's a, which way did he go, George type of joke, which I forgot all about. Like, I don't know. It's like they're stealing from Looney Tunes even. That's great. And then to cap it all off, you get a four line score section (laughs) at the very end. Like what a screw you. You actually could have given us password grids here, but yeah, that would have been nice. Nope. Instead you get four lines crammed under the FCC regulation compliance section. So boo to that. Well, at least they give you something. Yeah, well, you know what? They can do whatever they want because they give us so many great puns. I, I wholeheartedly recommend it to any uh, person who likes crappy jokes. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with Castlevania three, Dracula's Curse? Well, um, I did not own this. I know I rented it multiple times. Um, and I remember beating it with at least Grant mm-hmm. as my character as a child. But uh, yeah, I, I played it quite a few or quite a bit.
0: Of course, as I mentioned earlier, this was a game I owned. I did not own the first or second Castlevania. I found them hard and obtuse. <laughs> but the graphics on this and one rental really won me over, and I got it for Christmas
1: after it came out. Oh, man, it's a good one. Like, a really solid game to for a gift, you know?
0: It had the replayability. You know, you could play with different characters. There was different paths to make it through. And I play this game so much that there is one of the few photos of me playing Nintendo. Me uh, and uh-huh. my best friend wearing our most uh late 80s early 90s of sweaters <laughs> in front of the TV and in the background you can tell that it is this game that's awesome possibly the clock
1: tower even mm, the classic clock tower
0: and yeah i i loved this game when it came out and um it you know i played it until i got rid of my system
1: sure yeah i mean i would have gladly owned it i don't know why what a games outranked it those you know that christmas or or whatever but i, I think part of it too is that since it's a password game is mm-hmm. more friendly to the rental because right. you could always pick it back up.
0: Which brings us to our more recent experience, Nick. How much did you play this game?
1: I played it a bunch. Um, I Before we started doing this game for real, I had kind of been messing around with it anyways because I wanted to play the Japanese version to hear the, the fancy new music.
0: Yeah, and I didn't mention this in uh, the history section, but this was just re-released in the Konami Castlevania collection for all modern mm. systems. Right, right. And they had an update to it which did add... The Japanese version. So I also played through some of it in the Japanese version. But, um, you know, I had also just been playing it a bit. And I played through this game with no special characters for the first time. Ooh, yeah. Solo. Even, Even though I owned
1: it, it was a thing that I never thought about. Right, right. Well, they are kind of one of the attractive parts of it, so yeah. you wouldn't even think not to.
0: But a thing we didn't mention is that this game does have separate endings, depending on who you beat the game with. I had never seen the ending for just Trevor Belmont.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, I, I I went through and beat it with Sypha was my main one because I rarely ever played mm-hmm. with her as, as as a kid, but...
0: I beat it again with Cypha uh, and went very far with Alucard.
1: Okay. I played a little with Alucard, but I went through and beat it with Grant. That's what I was most familiar with. Those mm-hmm. are the levels I remembered the most. So yeah. It was just kind of messing around.
0: Well, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that this game still sounds amazing. Even in the American version.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Like um I hear heard that there was a extended soundtrack for the Japanese a while ago. I remember it baffled me because I thought, well, whatever, this music was great to begin with. You know, yeah. it's already awesome. It is possibly the
0: best music on the
1: NES. It's definitely in that conversation.
0: And beyond that, this game blew my mind in so many ways when I first played it. I mean, the backgrounds are crazy
1: yeah they're so detailed and and thematically awesome you know they look really gothic and medieval it looks really cool
0: no there are some parts where it does look a little thrown together you're like oh i see where you just kind of repeated yeah, some tiles
1: this is a different color cave or, yeah. or or brick building wall
0: but the clock tower level alone is just a masterpiece in what you can do with the nes
1: yeah the it, animation of the of the big wheels turning you know i didn't think you could see that on the NES, you know?
0: Especially not in an object that you could interact with on on that level. Yeah, yeah. And to that end, the level design of this game is amazing. Um, You know, in the first game, you were going through the castle. Mm -hmm. In the second game, you were really in the towns around it. Right, right. And while this game is more linear, it does give you a branching path, but it does feel like you are on this adventure from one point through the lands to the final zone.
1: Yeah, which I love because... You know, that was always one of my favorite parts of Castlevania 2 and with this one where I like, I like adventuring outdoors a little more than inside dungeons. Mm-hmm. So, and you can do that here. And what's cool is it's
0: really interestingly represented on that big map that you see for most of the game in between levels.
1: Yeah, instead of, you know, and then later when you get to Castlevania, it will it kind of zooms in and shows you the classic version, but it's nice that they give you a a, a land map as well. Now, the sprites themselves for your characters, they're not highly detailed,
0: but they're in that Konami style that I really enjoy where it gives you just enough to understand what it is and then adds a level of fluidity to it yeah. that really sells it.
1: No, it's everyone, everyone looks fine. All the sprites look good. Um, there's a decent variety of enemy sprites, too, and they're all pretty yeah, relatively detailed.
0: I mean, this game it does not fall victim to the sprite reskinning where you or you know just changing the color of your enemies.
1: Yeah, no, it's um and and you know the enemies you don't get so overpowered in a Castlevania game where some of these enemies are just well they're nothing now, you know, you mm. you you're still you know the skeletons, you know with the swords mm-hmm. or or axe knights are always kind of a pain unless you have a certain special weapon, you know.
0: Yeah, because another point is this game is still
1: pretty hard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean even though I played the ton of it as a kid, I found there was many spots where I was getting stuck frustratingly and just dying from you know really not taking my time or because yeah. there are just some new mechanics that pop up that are just really hard to deal with like the areas with the melting blocks yeah or the falling blocks yeah yeah which are both really cool.
1: Yeah, they got kind of, um those scenes always reminded me a bit of Zelda 2 and where you're just like waiting and just like dodging these blocks sometimes mm-hmm. you got to build them up or sometimes you got to wait for it to melt down to i don't know it, it's it can be frustrating because it like grinds your pace down you know and you're watching your time disappear but yeah, there's only a few so it's not too bad
0: and we did forget to mention that there is time in this game and it's really only a problem in like one level
1: yeah i don't remember having really many time deaths that i can think of i did on accident once because i forgot
0: there was time And I did pause pause and I went to do something (laughs) and came back and I was like, What is that noise? What's happening? And it's like, (laughs) Beep, beep. I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die from time. That's embarrassing. Time. Now, have you gone, you said you have gone back and played the Japanese version. And so you heard the music in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it is actually really good. It's, yeah, I, I mean,. I had heard that there was better music, and I assumed that it would be better. And, you know, I just thought, well, a couple extra channels, I'm sure it's fine. But playing through it was really, like, my main motivator to get to new places in the game. Like, yeah. it sounded so cool and so new and, and awesome. Yeah, I really wish Nintendo wouldn't
0: have been so restrictive on what chips they allowed mm. in their cartridges.
1: Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, well, at least it's there now. So Yeah,
0: yeah. And, uh, big, and, and kudos to uh, Konami or whoever owns that entity these days that they did update it with the japanese version of all those games yeah that that special edition
1: yeah it's definitely i don't know and it's a credit to this game because when it came out i was initially like against it kind of because i liked castlevania 2 so much and i was like well this feels like a step backwards Mm because it's easing off the rpg stuff but man they they nailed everything where it's you know more focused on like action you know and just does it really well it
0: does. And all the new characters fit into the world so interestingly. It really gives you, just, you know, like when you're getting tired of this one thing and it's getting stale, you have a whole new way of playing these levels.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and multiple paths. And, you know, even if, what's cool is it's like the characters aren't necessarily all tied to a single path. You can take Alucard's path with Grant or Cypher. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are restricted to where you can't get them yet. Like, but... There are Grant areas or levels you cannot get to with Alucard.
0: Right, right. Actually, you can, though, because we didn't mention there is like a new
1: game plus. And if you start oh, yeah. over,
0: you do start with that other character.
1: Right, right. So if you really want to, you can. Or you use one of those like codes. Yep. So, yeah. But, you know, that's another way to explore. So it's it's pretty neat there. All
0: right, folks. Here we are in the level by level portion of our show. And we are going to go through each level briefly. Sure. Um, because while this game is large and branching, there's not a lot to discuss and the breakdown of each level. Yeah. But it is interesting to talk about the theme and maybe what kind of enemies there are in each one and uh, you know of course the bosses you'll find at the end of them. Yeah. And what always struck me as interesting about this game was the way it starts off. You know, you are kneeling in front of that cross in a graveyard. Yeah. It's a pretty big
1: like shrine or something.
0: Yeah. And then you you rise and then you move to the right and you enter a town and then you're ready to go like You really start in this one specific area and it makes a big deal of the beginning of your journey
1: yeah and it's a really cool looking area it's a lot of ruined stone buildings overgrown with vines and you can see shadows in the background looks like it's i mean it's either nighttime or or the sun is going down you know
0: yeah and then right away you move into this village and and of course it shows off those backgrounds quickly you make your way up a tower And you see these beautiful stained glass windows.
1: Yeah, that was was a big early, like, graphical feat kind of. Oh, yeah. Whoa, look at that. And, you know, there are vampire bats attacking you and so
0: on. You see a lot of your real basic enemies in this first area. But you also encounter your first uh, time with the rotating floor pieces. Yeah. And these are interesting because they don't fall away. And they don't react when you just walk across them. It's when you jump onto them that they then pause for a second, and then flip over. Yeah. Dropping you below.
1: So, uh, thankfully, it's pretty friendly here. You probably won't die when no, the first time you see it just them. drops you to another um, level to show you how they work. Yeah. But... I mean, these are tricky, too, because... You know, what well, you can, if you're super quick, you can, like, hop on one and then just hop off it yes. before it gets you. But it, it, you have to be ready for it. And, you know, well they will also spin if you get knocked onto it by an enemy. Yeah. Which is the real thing to watch out for.
0: Because you also find the dreaded crows in this area. Mm. Probably the worst enemy in Castlevania.
1: Uh, th- th- this one, for sure, yeah. I mean,
0: I was an adult. I no longer fear the Medusas like I did because i don't just panic i can right, now right. read their movement i can be patient i can just stand still or do a short vertical jump over them <laughs> right right uh but those birds man i never know wh- where they're coming from no, when they're they, gonna swoop
1: yeah they i hate them and there are certain points later on in the game where it's like i don't even if you don't have an axe or an ice spell or something to deal that'll, that can attack vertically you know up yeah they just they just suck
0: um, or if you have the boomerang, you just throw, like, a line of cover ahead, above you and mm. pray it hits one of them. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know, the rest of this level, pretty standard. You'll find, I think, maybe some wall meat. And then uh, towards the end, you encounter another graveyard. And you're going to get your first case of the, what do they call them in these games? They're not zombies. They call them something else.
1: Oh, I'm not sure, man. Like, But they're zombies. Yeah. They just come
0: out of the ground. It's an endless supply of them. So you just want to keep moving forward. Yeah, and they look pretty cool, like, shambling up. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, you fight a giant weird skeleton creature.
1: Yeah, a giant yeah, a skeleton knight thing, like a symbol that has a sword and a shield and some kind of horns.
0: And I don't know if that's its helmet or if it just has like a weird minotaur skull. Yeah, yeah. And this is the beginning of, you know, a lot of the strategy for these
1: ground-based bosses. Well, yeah, this guy, do you have to hit him in the head? You don't have to, do you? Or? I don't think you do. Yeah.
0: But really, you learn that you need to hit him a few times. Run away, find the areas that you need to climb and jump over them, run to the other side, repeat. Yeah, and really not too complicated of a boss, this guy. Now, if you've got daggers on you, you can just stand there and throw a thousand daggers and destroy it before it even gets close. Right, right, right. Now, when any boss is defeated, an orb falls from the sky. Oh, yeah, the magic orb. You have to grab that orb, and that signifies the end of the level. And, of course, if you're cool, you're already waiting right in the middle. Oh, yeah. And that orb drops right on you the level's over get it mid-air and then it takes you back to the map in between each level it shows you kind of where you're going
1: yeah and sometimes you'll be presented with like a a choice like a i guess you could say left or right but usually it's like there's a a stairway going down or you can keep going straight and you know you get one right away where you can either go to the clock tower or continue otherwise yeah down to like a forested area yeah and we will make that decision
0: next week. Because if you haven't noticed uh, by the title of this show, it's going to be a two parter, friends. Oh, yeah. And of course, next week's game will continue to be Castlevania 3: Dracula's Curse. It definitely will. If you haven't played this game yet, go play it. There's like a, a way to play it on every major console that exists. You owe it to yourself, your friends, and your family. And your dynasty. <laughs> now, Find a copy of this game any way you can, grab your controllers, and play
1: along. That's right, and if you want to let us know who your favorite of the extra character spirits are in Castlevania Three, you can do so at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we will tally the results.
0: Or you can get back to us on the Facebook at Cartridge Command, where we love hearing from you, and you can... uh yeah, and other Facebook stuff happens. Yeah. Sometimes. Sure does. You could also find us on Twitter at Car Command, where I also let you know when new shows happen. And about three times a year, post a picture of some other random thing I'm doing. Or usually just from an arcade I'm at. There you go, yeah. In fact, you may get an extra arcade photo coming up in one weekend. Oh. Oh, man. But, of course, it is those wonderful and fine folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. Without their support, the show wouldn't happen. They are cool folks, one and all. They are the coolest because we're just a couple of working class guys that do this in our spare time. And that Patreon allows us to pay for all of the things that make this show happen. So, thank you all so very, very much. Thank you. Thank you. And, as always, Cartridge Commandos, game Game on. on. Has the nest? Okay, I have to stop saying it. Uh, <laughs> has uses the same cost as... A normal one, yeah. The, Simon Belmont. Trevor Belmont. God damn I mean, it. <laughs> Trevor... <laughs>